0: hello and welcome to the next episode of myths and stories a destiny 2 lore podcast tonight we are continuing our (laughs) like we said last week the never-ending story of the awoken because it is probably the most in-depth story and the one story that we have the most recorded history of uh to be told in the destiny universe uh the only other stories that have a, a huge amount of, of recorded history would be something like the Hive with the Books of Sorrow or the Cabal now with the with the new Duality Dungeon. Uh, but even then, those are very small snippets of, of the total history of, of some of these people. Whereas like the Awoken, we have tons and tons and tons and tons of, of info on them. Uh, a lot of this info was given to us uh, when the Forsaken expansion came out uh, for Destiny 2. And it just really opened up the opened up the story to, to so many different characters and so many different things. A lot of those characters we've covered uh, throughout this whole uh, Awoken history that we've been doing. Uh, the main one, obviously, being Mara, uh, who at the end of the last episode died. Um, she was she 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 was very much the beginning of the Awoken. And at the end of the last episode that, that we did, uh very much the, the end of the awoken. There wasn't a whole lot of awoken left after uh after Mara. Uh so we've covered Mara. We've we've talked about uh love the love of her life, Sheer Ido, uh who is also she's missing in action or or possibly dead. Uh we've talked about the rise of Venge. Uh, the new the new uh well now the new queen's wrath <laughs> because there wasn't no, there is no queen's wrath now uh Mara's brother Aldrin uh who is at that fateful battle above the above Saturn in the rings of Saturn uh who is able to escape and that's kind of where we're going to pick up our story here is with uh Aldrin being one of the lone awoken survive the surviving awoken to to escape the aftermath of the Battle of Saturn, uh, so myth. Where wh- what's the uh, what's the lore entry here?
1: Yeah, so uh, very fittingly, we are actually going to start tonight with a Destiny One Grimoire card uh, that is called the Aftermath. Uh, that is um, immediately after the I. Uh, firing of Oryx's ontological weapon from the dreadnought, completely eradicating ninety plus percent of the awoken fleet, uh, including the the mothership that had Mara in it.
0: And and real quick, the eradication, we're talking like de-atomizing. Like there's None of these people are ever going to be risen as a as a ghost ever again. Like like there is nothing left of them.
1: Right. Uh the they are dust. They are completely gone. Um and we've we've seen from our uh light and dark episode. Uh we talked about there were uh records there, some Grimoire cards we talked about of ghosts that uh had expressed that if the remains if the physical remains of whoever their destined light bearer was were destroyed were pulverized and turned to dust or atomized um that ghost would not be able to resurrect them so there is no chance of any of these awoken ever coming back as as a light bearer at least
0: what a what a lonely thought for a ghost like Mm -hmm. if if that ghost knows that like they're chosen that the thing that res whatever resonates them with them on a physical it on a physical spectrum is atomized. Like they're just they're just doomed to wander forever.
1: And a lot of them still are. Even even now, currently in game, uh there are still countless uh guardianless ghosts that maybe their their guardian was out there and has since been destroyed in a way that they'll never find them.
0: Uh, so, I'd, I'd love to think they're all just traveling with Micah, Micah 10.
1: At least some of them are for sure.
0: <laughs> Aha, that was a throwback to our very first episode, the penguins of Europa.
1: Yeah. But bringing us back to the, the Awoken and this, this very first, uh, bout of what becomes the, the taken war, um, the the awoken forces decimated their queen, seemingly destroyed and gone. Uh, and you know Aldrin, being the head of the crows and one of the top fighter pilots for the awoken, was of course there, front and center for all of this. And he experiences all of it. Uh the loss of his his men, his own helplessness in the the face of this unstoppable force that was Oryx, and the the death of Mara, his sister, whom he has dedicated his life to uh impressing essentially and uh we see where Aldrin is at in these moments, with this D1 grimoire card titled The Aftermath. Uh, The flavor text on this says, Do not fear, brother. This was the only choice I had. And the card itself goes like this.
2: The sound of her
1: voice ripped him from sleep. He jumped up. His ship was still contained in its protective sphere. He tried to retract the shield, but it was locked to its initiation time. He couldn't remember activating it. Then he remembered the battle. The blast. What that ship fired was ancient, not bound to anything the origin libraries even sought to describe. He tried to calm down. He thought of her, searching for her pull. He couldn't find it but he was not calm. She always told him she would always be there behind the calm. All he could hear were echoes of that sound. It began as soon as they hit the ring plane, ringing in the old glimmer of his long-buried self before she showed him who he was in the before and the after. The Techeon should have known what the dreadnought could do must have known did they not feel what he felt hear what he heard and that damn catch it wasn't protected they'd had they'd had to know that all to deploy the harbingers they barely got a foothold before the weapon was fired he thought of petra and how overwhelmed she must be forced to hold her post and watch her people perish he tried to calm himself again, forcing long breaths. He realized where he was. Mars. Athbasca. The Candor Isles. He hadn't been here in so long, not since he found the Black Garden. The countdown to the shield's deactivation pulsed. He tried again to home in on her, to find if she truly gave herself for this battle. He felt close to something, a hum of starlight, and then the shield deactivated and broke his focus. He climbed out and saw the damage to his ship, and the truths of the Armada's devastation sunk in. He turned in despair to find hundreds of his crow drones, deployed on Mars long ago, circling his ship, waiting. Welcome back, master. The one closest to him spoke first, and the others followed. A wave of salutations echoed throughout the dry sea. And with that, hope returned.
2: Begin repairs on the ship immediately. Something has gone missing, and you will help me find it. And that's where that lore card ends.
0: So the there's kind of two bits in here that I that I there's one bit that kind of like came to me as you said Petra Venge. and my thought on that one is Aldrin is effectively head of the Awoken now.
1: He's the only royalty left. Yeah.
0: I mean that's I I guess in that sense like as as far as like a like a power hierarchy. It's him and Petra, and like Petra, I would think she would assume that he's dead.
1: I think that's probably what uh, is probably a safe assumption.
0: Because Petra, at this point in time, was stationed on the reef, right?
1: Correct. She was stationed, uh, if if I recall, to kind of direct military forces. Like she was the command center essentially, because Mara was going to be in the middle of the the fight
0: and that's and i and i remember like back in d one uh you would go to her to get uh weekly missions to take uh to go kill taken mm-hmm. um with these really cool public events that would happen in the uh in the EDC <laughs> in the <laughs> <Cosmatrone>. <laughs> um uh that were that were i mean those are i I wish that they would have something like that again. I don't know if there was anything like those specific Taken events. Because those, those Taken events, they were hard. They were genuinely like... Yeah, they were. To, to take down those bosses were hard. But anyway, she was she was not at the battle. She was probably one of the only um, Awoken not to be at the battle. There would have also been... Um, God, I can't remember his name. I know the voice actor. I can't think of the name. But the other Cryptarch that was uh, on the reef with her
1: oh I don't, I don't remember what his character i don't
0: name remember his name um i know the the voice actor is the same voice actor that does devrim k and okay. both here from final fantasy 12 it's it's the same voice actor and i can't think of his name but anyway he would have been one of the other awoken left i mean so we're talking like this devastation and and, and that pull right that pull that ultran was was searching for we talked about that several episodes ago, that every Awoken that came back from the distributary had a pull, a, a beacon, towards Mara. It wasn't towards like the Awoken people as a whole. It was always towards Mara. And Uldren could not—he couldn't find it. He couldn't feel it. So, I mean, that, that to me is speaking more to the Mara is dead. That's just more, more confirming that Mara is dead.
1: Yeah, but Aldrin himself does not want to believe this. He's like, okay, it, right. I just can't censor because I I haven't calmed down yet. Like, I I have to be calm. I have yeah. to be in the right mindset. That's that's why I'm not feeling her. That's why that that has to be why. I uh, and yeah, you know, Aldrin is in a state of denial at this point. I uh, absolutely, and it's it's one of those things. Like, I don't know that that any of us can truly understand to the full extent what it would be like for him. He has based his entire life around what Mara's opinion of him is. He has based his entire life around needing her approval and her attention and, that isn't just a life of 50 years or 60 years or that's a life of 12 billion years
0: like since like like pre distributary like yeah exodus green like that is a that is a that's eternity and that's that's a long ass time
1: to have the the notion that suddenly that person just doesn't exist anymore like how, how do you come to terms with
2: that
0: <laughs> yeah and it's it's so fitting to me too that that his ship has apparently crashed on Mars mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. the one like forbidden place that he wasn't supposed to go right. and that's where his sh- that's where his ship has landed and like these crow drones these are these are basically like autonomous you know
1: they're, scouts. yeah they're little scouting robots
0: yeah so there nothing nothing of like huge uh firepower or or anything to be made of these drones. Just thousands of literal, I, I think of it as like little helper bots that are all just hello, 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 hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? Are you doing? Right? Like <laughs> like that's <laughs> that little echo throughout the the chamber. And uh pre uh pre witch queen, or I guess it would have been pre beyond light. Yeah, pre-beyond light. Uh, you could actually go and see his crash ship. Yeah,
1: yep. It was there on it Mars. Was,
0: yep, it was in one of the lost sectors, uh, uh, and it had a, it was a little scannable. and your ghost would scan it and go, "This is Aldrin's ship." You know, Da-da-da-da. this is where it must have crashed after the after the Battle of Saturn. So yeah, that was a uh, yeah, that was that was neat to be able to see that.
2: Yeah.
1: So the uh, the next card, we're going to stick with Aldrin for a minute. Uh, I say I do want to point out, though, the flavor text on this grimoire card uh, is just a hint to what we um, read already uh, in the previous episode in the Tyrannicide chapters, where Mara knew this was coming. Um, Mara had a plan, and she didn't let anybody, especially Eldrin, in on what that plan was. But even here in the flavor text of a D1 Grimoire card, Mara's words attached to this card are, Do not fear, brother. This was the only choice I had. So even even then, kind of hints that there's some stuff happening in the background. Absolutely. But we're going to stick with Aldrin for a second. The the next card we're going to go to... Uh, now is in a, the D2 lore book called The Forsaken Prince. Uh, and the chapter is titled After the Fall. And this is, a, again, uh, he's still on Mars, but this is post the crash. This has been uh, probably at least a couple days, maybe a little longer. Uh, and this one goes like this She's gone. He lives now in a state of perpetual dread. He hates the future because he fears it. He fears its emptiness, and he cannot imagine lonely eternity without her. As he staggers down the edge of a Martian chasm, he can feel the drop calling to him, begging him to join her, to end it all. The heat of the place soaks him in sweat, The dead chassis of one of his old crow drones slung over his back feels like it's compressing his ribs, pushing his lungs up against his sternum, expelling his breath. He needs the drone to fix his ship. Again. He must get off Mars. He must start looking for her. The weight of the crow drone slams him down on hands and knees. His vision swims, stars and shining harbingers soaring through the ring plain and a wall of terrible light. And he sees the moment the dreadnought took everything from him. The moment his sister finally, absolutely, utterly ran out of secret plans. That instant when all sound ceased and he screamed denial and yet in spite of his soul's plea to die with her, reached for the deflection shield that saved his life. He crawls until he can't rest, until he can rest in the shadow of a dead Vex block. He crashed in the Candor Isles, not so far from the gate to the garden, the place where he saw another path for the awoken. Why had Mara never accepted his vision? He has been hearing her. Thirst hallucinations, surely. But there is that hum, that whisper, that thrill of starlight in his skull. A flock of his crow drones found his crash site and repaired his fighter. He made it halfway to orbital velocity before a cabal gun clawed him out of the sky and sent him crashing down in Hellas basin. Now his crows are dead, and the fighter is probably beyond repair, and his sister is gone. His sister is gone. And he followed her and all of his people followed her because he and they were so sure that she had a plan, that she always had a plan, something better than dying by the thousands for a city that does not care. He should go home. He should go home if he can find a way. But will he have the strength? He cannot be the champion they loved. He cannot restore their faith in the purpose of the awoken. Or in his sister's design? He no longer believes. This world is a carcass now. The scars of the Guardian's passage. Cabal fortresses reeking of decay, littered with flesh and bone and broken armor. The shattered chassis of Vex littering the sands. A place of death, death and war. A war that tilts on the fulcrum of the traveler brought upon by its puppets. There is something in his eye. He blinks and blinks, trying to rub it away, and as he does, he struggles to hear her, to sense that prickle of starlight under his skin. She will tell him he is on the right path. She will tell him that she's
2: still alive, but he feels nothing. And that's the end of that card.
0: Man, what a I just the sheer loneliness in this card. That's 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 the one thing that, that kind of pulls me through this whole card and and the the, the the ones that he no longer believes. Like that's Jesus.
1: And you have to wonder how many other reefborn awoken. Um are kind of having the same crisis of faith because... Oh, absolutely. Either they directly or, or perhaps an ancestor of them at this point um, came left immortality in the distributary, came to the soul system following Mara because they believed in what she was doing and what she was telling them. And suddenly she and most of their... People are are gone, and I I have to think a lot of the awoken at this point in time are wondering the same things Aldrin is like why why are we here why do we keep yeah. going
0: what was the point Yep. like the whole the whole purpose of them leaving the distributor giving up it, it paradise a utopia was to come back and help and now ninety to ninety five percent of them are dead all blown up in a single instance. Like how was how that a plan? How what purpose did that serve? What was the point? And then the the only other thing in in this card that 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 stuck out to me is there is something in his eye. And I know that that is something important and I can't remember why and I know you're going to say, <laughs> "Oh, well we'll save it for later." And that's what we'll do. We'll save it for later, but I know that that line is important. That that there line, is something in his eye. Yes,
1: that line is very important um, because that, that something in his eye is not just a piece of Martian dust. Uh, we we will see where that goes, but remember that because it is important keep, for, for later.
0: Keep the mystery alive, baby. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> So as we as we said, Aldrin is not the only one affected by this news. Um, we have the the you know commander of the Awoken uh, at this point, and that's Petra Venge, uh, and she has got a lot to deal with. <laughs> um, and so for uh, for Petra we are going to take a look at a lore card from the book, The Awoken of the Reef, uh, entitled Regent. And gives a little indication as to uh, what Petra is dealing with and what she is uh, choosing to believe and prioritizing uh, during this time.
2: And this one goes like this. I see. And our wolfships?
1: All destroyed, but the Calchas sin, and she is badly wounded, burning for Pallas now. Galliots. Those that remained at the outposts are still in good condition for now, and we have some still in reserve at Pallas. How many? Ah, uh,
2: twelve? And how many shipwrights? I'm afraid I cannot say. I see.
1: Divert Hallam to civilian defense. Send Kamala and anyone we can spare for a covert SAR run. Avoid hostile engagements at all costs. If they find survivors, notify me immediately. We'll call that. Signing off, Commander. The comms light goes off, and Petra takes a deep breath for calm. She leans forward to flip switches, adjusts dials. Her hands are shaking. Commander. She was never supposed to be commander. All she ever wanted was to serve and protect Mara, and now Marasov was. Marasov was. Mara was alive. She was alive somewhere. She promised. Retaking the yoke of her galliot, Petra sets a course for the tangled shore. She cycles through calm channels as she flies. The Hive are swarming the outpost, and the Disciples are demanding escort in their evac. Devi is MIA, guardian jumpship after guardian jumpship is throwing itself at that monstrous Hive ship, only to be repelled by some kind of defense field. A hundred cedars are landing on Saris. Hallam is evacuating every civilian he can to the shielded inner cities. Two hundred more cedars on palace. Skyburner forces inbound. Arm to the teeth. Wolf allies defecting. Devi is found. Petra cannot turn off the radio. She cannot stop listening. She can scarcely breathe. She wants to reverse course and fly her ship into the eye of that flagship. She wants to wreck herself against its ugly scrimshod hull and scream so clear and true as she dies that that wretched beast will hear her and know the atrocity it has committed. She wants to believe Mara is alive. But how? How when she cannot feel her? When she does not know every step of that accursed plan? She approaches Thieves Landing from a reckless angle and cuts fast and low across the lashed-together wreckage of the shore. The air is thick with dust and debris and shimmering immaterial harbinger matter. It is impossible to see more than a click out. So she follows her radar. Unconsciously, she holds her breath. And then, there it is.
2: The Watchtower. Petra sighs through clenched teeth. It's whole, unharmed. And that's the end of that lore card.
0: So here we have a we have a lot of the same emotion, right? Like Aldrin talked about seeing the cliff and how it, it's calling to him. Just, just jump off. Just kill yourself. Just end it. Go be with. Go be with her. Petra even is is kind of. I mean, borderline in that same mindset of just like, "fuck it, fuck it all, what's the point?" Like, and and for the two top awoken people, the the prince of the awoken and Petroveng, who I believe at this time is Queen's no, she wouldn't have been Queen's Wrath, would she? What would she have been at this time?
1: Um, I mean, she was Queen's Wrath, uh, and now she's commander.
0: Oh yeah, 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 commander. She can't even believe it. Yeah, no. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, the top two people of the entire Woken just ready to say, F it, we're done. And and she, you know, she's sitting here listening to the comms and all all this stuff is is basically what we saw throughout the, the beginning of the of the taken campaign uh in the Taken King. Uh the Skyburner. They literally crept. they they slammed it entire. Into- <laughs> I still can't get past (laughs) the cabal's idea of creating a beachhead is slamming a fully loaded ship into the side of this freaking dreadnought. Just we're going to make a hole and it's going to be our ship. Boom. Done. Now we got a beachhead established. Let's go. Like cabal are kind (laughs) of, they're kind (laughs) of nuts. But guardians, you know, just throwing themselves at it. Like it, it still, it still amazes me that awoken, we look at awoken in the terms of like guardians and stuff, but we never really look at awoken in the terms of an awoken. Like they are they are not immortal. They if they die, that's it. That's game over. That's the end of their life. Whereas guardians, they'll throw themselves at something I mean, hell, there's there's some lore entries that talk about there's a there's a dedicated space in the tower where guardians just jump off just to kill themselves and then they get res back at the top. Like what the what that's that's kind of a morbid thought. I don't know why that just kinda of came to me there as a morbid thought of just guardians killing themselves for the fun of it. That's that's an odd thought. Anyway, um uh, But yeah, so she's scanning through all this stuff and she finally just makes her way back to the reef and lands and she sees the watchtower. And the watchtower is the the I I, I don't want to call it a beacon, but uh it's it's that main um, like when you mouse over the reef, or if you mouse over the Dreaming City in game, that's that main building you see. That's that kind of looks like an upside down Hunter cloak, is what I just is what I describe it as. Like it's it's just this huge tower with this like circle up at the top, and it's yeah, that's that's the watchtower. So she 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 sees that and sees that it's whole, that it's unharmed. So if if the watchtower stands, the Dreaming City stands, which means there is still something. There is still people like she she talks about you know civilians and stuff like that there there are still something left of the awoken at least in the dreaming city hopefully yeah
1: and the one thing that i think petra has that aldrin doesn't um the the first well i guess two things the first thing being she she has work to do she has things to do to to hold her attention that aren't just wallowing in self-pity um and the other thing is that we know that nobody got all of the plan, but we know that Aldrin right. got none of it.
0: <laughs> that's that's kind of the messed up part, right? Like the the Prince of the Awoken got none of it, not even like an inkling of it. So he's that's where he's like so alone and so lost.
1: <laughs> right. But Petra, despite having similar reservations about like, oh my God, she's gone. I... Petra knew enough of the plan essentially to know that Mara had one and that Mara made a promise to her that she would still, that she, she is alive somewhere and is just expecting Petra to keep the faith to, to know that her queen is telling her all the information that she needs to know. And she just needs to keep the faith and act accordingly with that information.
0: Oh, poor, poor! Like I still poor Petra and poor Aldrin. Like oh, more poor, poor Aldrin now, right? Like yeah, <laughs> he has none of the plan. He has
1: none of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Petra is hearing all of. The, she's trying to negotiate. Like, okay, we need to evacuate these people. We need to defend these. We need to find these people. Uh, and all all the time while she's directing these and keeping track of things happening on her radio. Um she's checking to see does the watchtower still stand? Does the dreaming city still stand? Um and, and she gets that slight reprieve that, like, yes, at least that, at least this this bastion of the awoken people is a place that is still here that we can still go to. Uh, because the reef is fallen at this point. And that that's kind of yep. what they're explaining in some of these radio transmissions. Um, hive are swarming the outpost. I. Uh, she talks about 100 cedars have landed on Ceres, um, 200 more Jesus. on Pallas. And and for those not familiar, um, cedars are uh, hive, hive ships. It, it, it's different than a tomb I ship.
0: Was, I was going to say, it's it's not those little ships that like, the ones that kind of look like giant T's. Yeah, the, you know, those, are the like the those are the tomb ships. Those are the tomb ships. The cedar, when you're going through... Um, the Nevota strike. You walk through the middle of one when you come out to the public area, and you're going back into the strike towards the very yep. end. It's it's like a it's like a um, I don't know how to describe it. It's like an anchor is what it kind of looks like with a bunch of chains coming out the top.
1: Of it. Yeah, it's um it's kind of like a, a diamond or or prism shape that's just kind of stabbed into the ground. Uh, yep. And it's got all these chains on it and they explain these in destiny one. I don't know if they ever do in destiny two. Um, I don't think they do, but the, the cedars are how hive infect planets uh, is they, they pepper them with these cedar ships and those cedars burrow into the, the ground and they are kind of like incubation chambers for more hive, and that's why um that's where like thrall come from and that kind of thing on planets that the hive are taking over is they're they're being created in these cedar ships um Jesus at least until the hive have established enough of a bulkhead to have like actual witches and um you know other they've carved out spaces to to facilitate the the growth of new hive i but the fact that hundreds of these have peppered the reef in a matter of—I'm assuming—hours or
0: days. I'm thinking hours. Like, I—I I doubt it would have taken Petra days to go from the the Battle of Saturn or wherever, or, or even the reef itself to the Watchtower. Like, I'm thinking this is all of this is happening in in the matter of hours.
1: Yeah, and. They have uh no wolf ships, so they have no more catches. All of all of their fallen ships are uh either destroyed or wounded enough to be unusable. Um the one that they had, the the Calix Sin uh, was badly wounded and they were burning it for Palace. They were essentially they knew it was in dire straits, but they needed support at Palace to try and get people out. Uh, because it had yep. two hundred cedars headed its way, um, yep. And all they've got is galleots. and they
2: only have twelve of them.
0: And and the wolves themselves, like the wolves, the 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 fallen of house Wo- house of wolves, they're all defecting. They're all jumping ship. They're like, well, Awoken's not here to keep us in check. We're we're out.
1: Any any that remained after the the house of wolves expansion are scattered. At this point. They yeah. They see the writing on the wall. They are not loyal to the awoken people. They are loyal to those that could keep them in check. And the awoken people can no longer do so.
0: Which would also include uh Variks, right? Or no, he's he's well, he is he self self prescribed uh leader of house judgment?
1: Uh he's self prescribed leader because he's the only one left of house
0: judgment. <laughs> I was gonna Is he the only one left or did he just make his own house and like I'm Mikkel now? What's up?
1: <laughs> so um now like House Judgment existed and and Varix has talked about it uh recently in the lore with uh Ido uh of uh Mithrax's daughter Ido, not sheer Ido. Oh right, right, right. Um yeah. about the history yeah. and how they were a very how they were a very well respected, but um but separate part sure. of the politics. Uh, but is, he's seemingly the only one that, that survived um, the, the fallen uh, whirlwind, their version of the collapse. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why he's the only one we ever hear mentioned.
0: So we have all these people lost. Uh, where does that take us?
1: So we are now at a spot. That's kind of Interesting. So essentially, what happens at this point is the entire of the Taken King expansion, um, yeah, which isn't particularly awoken focused, despite them having a major role to play in the starting of the Taken War and in some of the background events. Uh, but for the most part, the Taken King expansion follows the 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 line of uh the player guardian infiltrating the dreadnought uh setting up transmat locations there um that that's when they're talking about like guardian ships keep throwing themselves against the the dreadnought and they keep getting bounced back we we infiltrate using um invis technology stolen from rasputin and uh good old
0: stealth tech
1: and uh a ship covered in hive chitin uh Thanks to... Thanks, Eris.
0: Your ship was needed. <laughs>
1: thanks to Eris Moran. She did not get her ship
0: back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and again, more great cutscenes from D1 that uh, if if y'all get a chance, go check them out. It, just Google D1 Taken King cutscenes. scenes. Uh, the one that we're talking about, it, it's literally Cade. He's talking to, to Amanda Holiday and he's like, all right, picture this. An unsanctioned Vanguard op with ha- stealth tech a, hi- a, sh- a ship reeking of hive and a lone guardian descend into Calvary, and and amanda Holiday's like okay well she'll be fueled up and ready when you're you know have you told Eris about this she's like oh i'm not i'm not telling Eris, screw that she's she'll <laughs> she'll hit me with a rock and and then he's like oh i'm not flying that thing we'll go get the guardian to fly that screw that that's dangerous yeah, yeah. so that's, so many good so many good scenes throughout the taken king expansion still still definitely one of my top 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 expand every everything that comes out for destiny i hold to the taken king standard cuz taken king was really what i feel like put destiny on the map as like we're here to stay we're we're creating something to live oh yeah
1: big time big big time um but so the the events of the taken king expansion which again not terribly awoken in focus but long story short our guardian is able to get on the dreadnought opens the way for more guardians to then get on the dreadnought uh, and under the direction of primarily Eris, uh, Eris Morn is able to fight our way through, um, get to Oryx and uh, kill him in our plane uh, aboard the Dreadnought, and then also go into his throne world during the, the Taken King raid and kill him for good in his, his throne world.
0: And that's 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 such an impactful thing too. like not again not to focus on the taken king or or Oryx or anything but we as guardians killed a god oryx oryx was essentially a god and and we killed him but like as far as like in terms of gods he's like the lower one percent it's like us killing hermes or something like good for you. you you killed the messenger boy there's still more out there
1: there's still bigger bads, I. Uh, but it, not a small feat, though. Like we we killed what was at the time the pinnacle of the sword logic, as far as we knew. Yeah. Uh, and we did it in his own home.
0: <laughs> yeah, in his own in his own ship, and his own throne world. Like his own. Like he carved this thing out of it uh, out of the ascendant plane to like that's where his his daughters were there creating oversouls like this th- we killed him completely he doesn't exist anymore he there's there is nothing about oryx that survived that fight at all
1: no i there's a lot of fan theory that like to think oh oryx's body fell towards saturn you know maybe his worm survived or i think oryx is gone i think he is gone He's, gone
0: He did. He did. He gone, gone. I think if we we
1: see a new Taken King, uh, it will not be because Oryx came back. It will be because someone else has assumed that mantle, most likely Callus at this point.
0: I was going to say, hashtag possibly Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: So Oryx is defeated. During the entirety of the Taken War, though, as far as the Awoken are concerned, they've been on triage. They've been trying to retreat yep. people back to safe areas. Um, they have been like doing what they can to try and recoup and understand what what's happened and where where their people are. And at this point, they have not heard from Mara. They have not heard from Aldrin. They are uh, under still the the command of Petra. Uh and we're gonna take to to take a quick glimpse at what what Petra's thinking and what the awoken people are thinking during this time. We're actually gonna look at the lore card on uh one of I know Zora's favorite exotics, uh the black talon. The exotic yeah. sword, the black talon.
0: Uh such a beautiful sword. It too. really
1: is super pretty.
0: Just just fix the catalyst, that's all we're asking. Give it... I don't know. Give it something. Just fix the catalyst. Give it Chain please. Reaction. That's all I'm asking.
1: Chain Reaction. Chain Reaction. That'll go.
0: work. That'll work. Chain... Ooh. Chain Reaction on Black Talent. That'd be super... Arranged <laughs> cool. sword that I could... Yes, yes. Yes. That's it. That's it. All right. Take his idea and fix it. Yep. Do it.
1: So, Black Talon, uh, this could maybe be left for up for interpretation, but given the lore card attached to it, I think the flavor text on this is is pretty cool. Um, so, the flavor text on Black Talon says, "His life brought peace to the reef. His death, his death brings a sword. Crows of the Black Hull." Um, I think they're talking about Aldrin.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Because uh, we got to remember, despite what we know about Aldrin, to the awoken people during this time, Aldrin was nothing short of the hero prince. You know, he was yeah. he was the gallivanting adventurer that would go off and fight their enemies and come home victorious with these wonderful stories.
0: Well, and to use his words, he he was a hero. Like people know what a hero wants. Yeah, like, people know a hero's motive. Yeah.
1: And and so it almost seems like the Black Talon was created as a memoriam to Crow. This, sure. I think, was the... Or to Aldrin, excuse me. Uh, this was, I think, the Crows, or what was left of the Crows, his kind of like special ops unit that he commanded, um, saying, like, you know, we will... We will make sure that we defend the reef that, you know, his death has has brought his death brings a sword. His death has caused us to make to be on the uh, on the offensive. We will, you know, we will protect the reef in his stead. Um, Yeah. And so the lore card for it goes like this. Three months after the Taken War. Hallam found her in the washroom cl- closest to the Black Hull entrance. We're going to be late. Petra sat on the sink, eyes dry, shoulders squared. I'm not going. Hallam let his paladin-straight posture relax a little. The regent commander should probably attend the late prince's memorial. The crows will want to see you. I hear they've commissioned a sword in his honor.
2: If I go, it's as good as saying he's dead. As good as saying Mara's dead.
1: Well, Hallam exhaled, aren't they?
2: Petra ground her teeth, and then, but I want people to believe. And that's the end of that short, Lore card,
0: and that again, that like that believe right, like that was something that old Aldrin said. You know, he he just doesn't believe anymore. He he's lost all faith. Like Petra is still trying so hard to get her to people to believe they there is something out there. There's no way that they're dead. There's no way that the awoken queen. And her brother, the prince, are dead. There's no freaking way. And so, like, yeah, this, this, yeah.
1: And, and this all goes back to for Petra. Petra is utterly trusting and devout in Mara.
0: So loyal. So loyal to, to Mara. And,
1: and Mara, her queen,
2: promised her, I have a plan. I will return. Yep. And Petra is just
1: holding on to that statement, that, that idea for dear life. And she is so desperately wanting the awoken people to also believe in that and to, to rally around it and not try to move on in a world where their queen doesn't exist anymore, but instead to defend what they have so that their queen has somewhere to come back to.
2: Yep. So, this entire time, we've seen some of the the,
1: you know, emotional distress certainly, and the uh, kind of social distress that the Awoken are going through in light of uh, the presumed death of Mara and Aldrin Sov. But what was Mara actually doing? during this time what was her plan so we we get uh not only a hint we get kind of a, a log of what mara is doing during this time um so we know that i uh, mara used during at, at the end of tyrannicide tyrannicide five Mara states that she allowed herself, you know, she, she forsook the salvation of her techians t- teleporting her out. She allowed herself her physical form to be destroyed by Oryx so that her soul could walk down the length of his blade into his throne world and just chill there.
0: Boom. Her whole idea was to, to use sword logic to find a way into that ascended plane into that that realm to to be able to be like okay you've defeated me great but have you really
1: and so that brings us to the reverie dawn armor set which is still available in game and can be acquired from the dreaming city as well as i think focusing engrams for one of the seasons um that might have only been the the weapons i'm not sure
0: no i th- i think the i think the armor is also uh oh no i guess you can only focus the weapons themselves
1: okay yeah i, I that's what i thought i remember at least the weapons but yeah
0: I mean you can still get the armor and it like yeah. if you go through yeah, yeah. Uh, Shattered Throne and all that stuff, you can still get the armor.
1: Which I'd highly recommend if you don't have it, not just because lore significance, but also because it's really, really cool. Like personally, for me, I like the whole, you know, knightly style of armor, um, when they do it, and this was a really good looking one.
0: this, this to me my favorite is like the warlock robe with like uh, uh, Metro Shift on it that blue and the oh, oh, spicy. It
1: looks good, it looks good. Uh, so we're gonna go through the whole set because the set has the lore cards that describe what Mara is doing post death. So we held, we uh last left off trying side five with her. She's just chilling in Oryx's throne world, um, waiting for Oryx to die essentially she she's gambling on guardians being able to take oryx down so that she can enact the next step of her plan uh so we're going to start with the reverie dawn helmet uh and uh, as far as i know these lore entries are the same across all of the classes so the titan helm will read the same as the warlock will read the same as the hunter and so on and it goes like this She waits. She trusts that Eris will shepherd the guardians and that infinite ambition of those undying half-children will deliver her. They will enter the court and challenge its king and dance in its killing ground, and they will master the school of sword logic so mightily that if they will overturn its teacher and forsake the crown, soon. But soon may not be soon enough, because Oryx roams the hollowed spires and melancholy shores of the Dreaming City. He stands looking out over the mists of her beautiful creation, and he laughs. She can feel him there like a thorn in the meat of her palm. She scolds herself for not factoring Shurochi's love into her design. Then she berates herself for this nervous energy, this fretful self-cannibalism. Lungless, Mara remembers the sensation of a deep breath and enacts it in her mind.
2: She remembers the singularity before her and she waits. And that's the end of the Helm lore card.
0: So... Oryx is on the. He's in the Dreaming City.
1: Yeah, and it's it's important to know why he's there or or how he got there. Uh, so in Tyrannicide, now he's
0: not in like an ascendant plane version of it. Like he's he's actually there. Yeah, he's
1: there in the Dreaming City. Um. Yeah. So in Tyrannicide Five, when Mara mentions that one of the Techians, I think she names it as as being Shirochi, uh, is is sitting there with a portal open to the Dreaming City, hand outstretched, like, Mara, come with me. Because she didn't know all the plan. Because nobody knew all the plan. And Mara hadn't factored that in. Mara had assumed that the Tekkines would just leave her because she told them to leave her. And Shurochi, having a portal to the Dreaming City open, when... This shockwave, which is uh, essentially an extension of Oryx's will, touched this ship and touched Mara and obliterated her, and then presumably touched the portal to the Dreaming City. So now Oryx, because that portal was there, because Shirochi hesitated, he knew that the Dreaming City was a place, and... He could find his way to it, I mean he's the navigator after all
0: right, like and that's I was thinking about that too, of like him being called the first navigator and and all that is is his is his will touching that portal is he able to just like boop now he's there instantly, or does he have to, he still has to travel there
1: um I get the feeling that he can just be there
0: well that's what uh, I like Vex right like like he because his will exists in that area he can just now he's there I mean
1: even better thinking about it we there's precedent for this Crota and presumably Oryx it can literally just cut a hole in space time and go wherever the hell they
0: want that's right that's probably
1: exactly what it was he went oh I know that that's now There's a, a place. place I can sook. just cut a hole in the air that will take me to that place because now I know it exists. So,
0: so it's less of a boop and more of a sook. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I I know I know you hate me for that. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta add sound effects to your to your to your reality traveling <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so he's so Orx is there. Oryx is in the Dreaming he's City. In the Dreaming walking City, walking around,
1: uh, he is making a walking through the garden absolute mess of it. Um, so this this is a, a common misconception, I think, for from a lot of people is that Savathun somehow is responsible for the state of the Dreaming City when we arrive during Forsaken. Uh, he that she is responsible for Shirochi. Uh, being taken as one of the raid bosses in Last Wish. And she is responsible for Riven being taken and for large swaths of the Dreaming City to be blighted in the way that they are. She's not. This was all Oryx is doing. Uh, Exactly. Now, Sabathun sees an advantage in those things and certainly twists them for her own designs later on. But Oryx is the one that... Puts the dreaming city in the state we find it originally? And uh, Mara can feel it the entire time. She can she can feel his presence in you know her pocket dimension, essentially. Uh, that is the the dreaming city that her and Riven created, and she's gotta just force herself to, to not care essentially force herself to play the long game and just wait it out. That's
0: That's got to be hell. That's just That's got to be absolute hell.
1: I can only imagine.
0: So while Oryx is there, he does like what you were saying, he does do all this. He takes Sadia. He takes Kali. He takes Shirochi. He takes Riven. Like, all of that is Oryx is doing. Yes. Jesus. Jesus,
2: but
1: we can see now with uh, the next armor piece, which is the Reverie Dawn chest piece, I that Mara's weight does eventually come to an end. Um, and chest piece reads like this: She feels Orx's true death in both halves of her soul. A full imagined exhale before the aftershock reaches his throne world. It crumbles around her like stone, like ash, like veils in a breeze. Eris Morn's friends have succeeded. The guardians have slain a god. She steps through the ruins. In the end, there is nothing. Nothing but Mara Sov and the howling of rampant, untamed logics her great and terrible gamble
2: has paid off the rest is up to her now that's the end of that short card
0: so this is this is really setting the stage for mara to do something (laughs)
2: yeah so she now don't
0: don't know what that something is but it's something
1: she has the crumbled throne world of oryx in front of her all of the power of that throne world left unclaimed by the guardians that slew him um much to tolan's annoyance Uh, There's a a different lore card where Toland Toland. is yelling at us to essentially assume the throne, to take the crown, and we don't. Uh, Fucking
0: Toland. And
1: Mara is now amongst the ruins of this throne world as it's coming down around her within the Ascendant Plane, and she takes some or all of that power left there for herself. And now that she has it, she's got to enact the next steps of her plan.
0: Because it's it's important here to remember that she also had her own little throne world. She did. She she had created the the what is now the shattered throne, but she helped create that. So she has she has seen this ascendant plane. She is not the, unfamiliar. The ascendant plane, yeah. right? Like this isn't like a completely unfamiliar space to her this is this is very much a uh, almost almost a familiar place to it they, there's as much as it's like untamed logics and crumbling around her there's still that that familiarity about it to her
1: no so she and and that's a good point to bring up remember keep that in mind that she created i uh, i believe she called it acelia
0: uh right
1: yep the her own throne world with the help of uh eris and riven and her Tekians. um and but she's got to get there and we see some of those travels in the reverie dawn gauntlets now are the next one we're going to read and they go like this she travels across the ascendant plane the voyage across the Sea of Screams threatens to erode her edges as no other trial ever has. In Orcs's throne world, she had a semblance of an identity. Treasure, spoil of war, defeated queen, repugnant and alien and not me, but she could use those contortions as guideposts to trace her way back to herself. But here in the emptiness between throne worlds, She has nothing but what she can carry, and the burden is growing heavier. But she is not alone. He tries to speak to her from a place of high contempt, and in doing so, he invites her into his topography. She steps out of howling and finds her footing upon a plain of swords and madness and all consuming curiosity. Who are you? The question summons an almost forgotten answer deep within the rapidly solidifying shape of her. "I am Mara Sov. Starlight was my mother, and my father was the dark. The thing that was once called Toland flees before her darkness and light and shadow and majesty, and she rests
2: within this scrap of a world. Before resuming her journey through the howling. And that's the end of that card.
0: This is another one that I fight so hard not to laugh. Because <laughs> all I can think of is that little blip of light that is Toland. Like, that's all that's left of him. You can go visit him on the moon right now uh he's he's a he's a patrol beacon and he tells you little stories of the fire team that was the fire team of six that went into the hell mouth of Wei Wei ning and and ariana three and eris Morn and tolan all of them uh and and he's also in the shattered throne you can find him in little bits there and he tells you little bits of some really cool lore bits in there too that he tells you and here he's got he's got his own little his own little ascendant plane thing uh and. It, it, well, not his own. Play, his own little throne world, and so seeing that he's, you know, he calls out, to, "Hey, who? What are you doing here? Well, what are you?" And Mara, "I am Mara Sov. Starlight was my mother, and my father was the Dark." And Told him like, "Bah!" and runs the fuck away <laughs> <laughs> out of his own throne world. She <laughs> just... The thought of little little blip of light Toland, like wow, just run away. <laughs> <laughs> just I can't get that image out of my mind.
1: Is but yeah, she is a she wonderful is, image.
0: She is out of everyone that could screw with Toland. I love that it was Marasov to screw with Toland. Like like we all think of him as this crazy blip of light, but he he really is more than just a crazy blip of light. He's a psychopathic blip of light. Um. But yeah, so she's throughout this, she is literally recreating herself. And and it talks about how like she in 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 a throne world that has some sort of logic that has some sort of um rules about it. She could exist fairly easily. She she exists as a treasure, a spoil of war, a defeated queen, a repugnant and alien and not me. So she, she's there's something there to define her, but in the in the scree, in the scream of it bleh, in the sea of screams between throne worlds that is within the ascendant plane, all you have is what you can carry with you, and that's a, that's not in a physical sense. That's in a metaphorical sense, like what thoughts you can bring with you through these spaces that are not spaces. And then stepping into another throne world, that one being Tolan's throne world, which I don't know why I didn't think of it till now, but Tolan absolutely has a throne world. Mm-hmm. Uh, she steps into this and now has identity. She like she is literally uh, the question summons an almost forgotten answer deep within the rapidly solidifying shape of her. She's literally by will alone, by will and thought alone, she is rebuilding her body atom by atom. Like
1: not for the first time either.
0: Right. Like she she
1: did this. She's, she's been on this rodeo in the distributary once before, uh, slightly, slightly less hostile conditions back then. Uh, but I,
0: but this definitely isn't a learning experience.
1: (laughs) And I, I think it's super as, as, comedic as this card comes off as um and and i i like i love the the vision of toland like being his high and mighty <laughs> self and then just going oh shit and getting the oh fuck god up. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> i love it i love it
1: but you know the the that aside the the kind of comedic flavor aside it was super important that she found him and that he asked her right. that question i because she like
0: what a crazy chain of events to happen.
1: Right. So she, she's saying um, you know, the voyage across the sea of screams threatens to erode her as no other trial ever has. So
2: Yeah. My
1: my envisioning of this, um, the way I, I see this happening, and a little flavor from my own head that isn't in here, uh, you know, verbatim, is like without oryx's throne world to to, like you said, identify her in some way. She is with every step, every second of existing in the Sea of Screams. She is having to will herself with her own identity into, into staying existing. And I, I think uh, the, the way to think about that is like try, trying to describe yourself perfectly every every nuance of your personality every you know every physical tick or or uh habit like everything that is you it's almost impossible at least for me speaking personally oh, to try and like define <laughs> myself in absolute yeah. terms and every second of her existing in this plane, she is having to do that and reaffirm that definition because there are no other rules other than what she carries with her. And she finds almost this little oasis.
0: And by like rules, like we're talking like the the physical rules of reality, like the way atoms combine and, and stick to each other to form a thing those rules don't exist in these realities Mm -hmm. between realities. This is just, this is a purely blank slate of everything.
1: So she's, she's fighting her way through this sea of, you know, keeping herself existing. And she finds this little oasis that she doesn't know what it is, but she knows there's a presence there and she's, she follows it and she steps into it and it's solid ground and it's, it's a place that has rules already in some way and toland asks her the question of who are you unknowingly asking her to identify herself
2: yeah. within
1: the rules of his little pocket here and that that was the question that she needed to you know to assert her existence, to say, "This is who I am." This, at the core of my being, this is what and who I am. And with that,
2: she solidifies or or begins to solidify.
0: God, fucking Toland, tell you, there, there are two, there are two no known knowns throughout all of destiny, and that's fucking Toland. And for some vex reason, yes, yes. Those are those are the two known knowns throughout all of Destiny, that are that are consistently there. If it's Hive or or taken related or anything like that, it's fucking Toland. If it's anything that just doesn't make any sense or or is just weird or has something to do with time or or anything vex, you can just say for some vex reason and it's there, solves all the problems of explaining anything.
2: So, she solidifies herself, she takes a moment,
1: and continues her travels through the Sea of Screams.
0: Because this is just a way station. This, this is just like a yeah. like you were saying, like an oasis. This is
1: just a, a, a reprieve amidst her journey, and... Where is she going in her journey but to her own throne world, which exists somewhere in this sea of screams?
2: And that brings us to the Boots of the Reverie Dawn set. And they read like this. Joy wells in her heart when her searching fingers
1: trace the edges of Eleusinia. She has passed through the desert. She has reached the far side of the chessboard. She is alive, or soon will be. She opens the door, and her joy dies on the threshold. Her throne world is desecrated, not annihilated as Oryx's was. The pillars and terraces and courtyards still retain their shape, but the roots have rotted and the geometry festers she should have known she would not be the only one to plan for such eventualities oryx's boot prints pucker like scars in the labyrinth that was once only her own she sits a while beneath sheer's statue and then follows his tracks through the ruins of eleusinia
2: back to the dreaming city that's the end of that lore card.
0: So as far as the as far as in game is concerned, this lore card has so explains so so much. So we we I at least throughout tonight's episode, I've I keep referring to this space as the Shattered Throne. That's the name that's the in game name for the dungeon uh that is in the dreaming city. The the true name of this place is Eleusinia that's that's mara's throne world and the reason why it's called the shattered throne is because of oryx oryx had kind of i'm assuming some sort of semblance of an idea of like what mara did you know like how can i continue to exist even if i get destroyed somewhere so and and i don't know if it's fully that or if it's just like he stumbled across this throne world not knowing what it was and just like, well this isn't mine. I don't know who built this. I'm gonna destroy it. But it explains why there's taken in her throne world. It explains why there's a why it is called the shattered throne and not Eleusinia. You know, like there's so much about this lore card that that has so much more in game um I don't know what you call it, like in game uh reality or in game connotations, whatever that it's 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 amazing to me that it's such a short entry on the shattered throne.
1: Yeah, and I, I if we think about the nature of throne worlds, I, I think, I think Oryx absolutely had an, an inkling as to what some of the backup plans of Mara might might be. because um, you know he was he was not dumb by any means. Like this is
0: he, he's the god of knowledge. He's the god
1: of knowledge. His lived for millennia. So yeah. I think he fully knew or, or knew years, a decent amount of, of what Mara was maybe going to try and do. And perhaps through hubris, believed that it would not come to pass or that she would, maybe he thought she was going to try and escape his throne world uh, while he was still alive. Um, but regardless, he, he identified, I, I believe, Eleusinia for what it was. And that was the throne world of Mara. And yep. I wonder, so we know the, the general purpose of a throne world is that's where your soul is stored. That, that's yep. where if you die in, the, in a different plane of existence, you, re, you return to your throne world to recuperate and then eventually go back out into other planes of existence beyond your throne. Uh, pre,
0: Pre-Oversoul, correct. pre
1: correct. Pre-Oversoul, yeah. Um, And I wonder if Oryx's desecration means that that function no longer works for Mara.
2: If, Ooh. if
1: this was previously she was going to use her throne world like Oryx and like the Hive used theirs, where if she died somewhere sure. else, you know, in, in the material plane, I... Uh, that her soul would return to Elocinia and she could be reborn, you know, again and again and again. And she would have some semblance of immortality, like, like the hive, the upper echelon of the hive do. Right. And I'm, i would assume that if that were the case, if it was going to work that way for her, that Oryx, Oryx's desecration was probably specifically,
2: to prevent that.
0: Right. I I think so. I I like that theory. And the only the only non taken in the entire Shattered Throne is Duel, Duel and Karu, right?
1: And her Hive Knights, I suppose.
0: Sure. But yeah. Sure. The three the three yep. um who now for some reason have the same name.
1: Yeah, I can't explain Who's- that one. <laughs>
0: Who thought that up? Like, it was so great before because you could be like, hey, A is at 25%. Don't touch A. Go shoot B or G. I don't remember their full names. I just remember one started with an A and one started with a B and the other started with a G. I don't know why they were named A, B, G. They could have been A, B, C. It would have been fine. Whatever. I was okay with that before. Now they're all named the same thing. I mean, granted, you could just nuke them. Like, a single Nova bomb, boom, they're all three dead. Now you just go into damage phase. Not the point. The point is. The only non-taken entity in the entire Shattered Throne is Dulan Karu, and she, again, this isn't a Hive episode or anything like that. But Dulan Karu is a envoy of Savathun? Yeah,
1: Dulan Karu is, I think we could say, the only uh, entity within the Shattered Throne that is Savathun's. Um Sure. I, I am led to believe based on this card uh, that probably all of the taken that are there were left there by Oryx. Uh, maybe so. in hopes that Mara would try and escape his throne world into her own discover it desecrated and then be gunned down by, you know, the guards he left behind.
0: Absolutely. I, I, all of that makes sense.
1: So needless to say, she is not gunned down by those taken guards. Uh, but she, she, you know, sits with Sheer's statue for a while. The one place that she carved a statue for Sheer Eido. Uh, and then, I you know, knows that she cannot stay there. And so she returns to the Dreaming City through that, that portal, that gate. That connected her throne world to uh, the dreaming city proper.
0: Now, at at this point in time, would you consider? The, I'm I'm going to kind of break off for a second here and and kind of ask this odd question. At this point in time that that we're at in the story with Mara, would you consider Mara to be a god?
2: That's a tough one.
0: It is like so to me and I'm gonna explain my reasoning behind this to to see if that you have any type of similar thoughts or or anything on it she she was able to recreate herself a second time, like you described the the first time being the distributary mm-hmm. in that instance she she gave up godhood she she didn't want her people to be in a moral utopia because she wanted to use that time that she could use that she could have there to create something to come back and help humanity help the soul system help the world she left behind in this instance she's now learned of things that are paracausal things that have the power of the dark things that have the power of the light like this is a totally different soul system now. This is a totally different game board. And she always talks about herself as like the pawn moving across the chessboard. And when it becomes the end, it becomes a queen. And what new board state is now now that there's a queen on it? Well, what happens if a queen becomes a god? What new board state does that create? And that's, that's where, I mean, she was, her physical body was killed and her consciousness slipped into Oryx's throne world. and And again, that was fully intentional. her for that to happen she knew that was going to happen and so she wanted to create and and she thought this up on her own this idea of the bomb logic right like if a single piece of the bomb can be disconnected from the rest of the bomb it looks as a useless piece it looks as just like you know a bits of wire or, or a circuit board or a battery or whatever but by itself it is nothing and but if it can Come back and create itself back into a bomb now it has some sort of logic, and so that's that's where I'm curious of by her using bomb logic to defeat sword logic in this sense' because a- as much as she didn't kill Oryx herself, she obviously had a finger in it, so again, the guardians another part of the bomb Eris morn, another part of the bomb we as the we as the whole, the guardians. Eris, Mara, hell, even Uldren, the the awoken people as a whole, all had little bits in this all had little fingers in this in this bomb to defeat Oryx. And now that Oryx is defeated, Mara can now exist again. She has worked her way across this the sea of screams, across multiple throne worlds to, to to exist again, and she has willed her body back into existence and I can't think of anything else in the in the universe that could do something like that other than a god. So, I propose the question to you again. Do you think at this point in time Mara is a god? Hmm. I know, that's a tough one. I I really like this question. I, I do really too. I thought this one out for a while and I and I knew this would this I was like finally I've got some theory or something that I can <laughs> I can I can hand a myth and be like I've did something I did some homework and <laughs> research and stuff. So yeah
1: my initial feeling, my my like gut reaction is not quite. Okay. Um and I think she obtained power. I mean, certainly she pulled power from Oryx's throne world. Um she she obtained power. Uh however, I don't think she got the result that she wanted. Um, because specifically because Oryx found Eleusinia and desecrated it. Um okay. be- because she described Eleusinia as the other side of the chessboard. Um, yep. she, and I, I think it was a case of, she needed to take Oryx's power and bring it to her throne world, perhaps to like truly integrate it into herself. Um, sure. Yeah, since the throne world being like the home of the soul, uh, it, I, I could see it being something as in like, okay, I'm going to steal his power and, bolster my own throne world with that power and that is going to then you know give me untold abilities and she was yeah. not successful in that um okay. do i think she is more okay. powerful than she was before absolutely do i think that she has a stronger strength of will than any other character we have seen thus far absolutely
0: um, Maybe just a little stronger will, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> but I don't think she's obtained godhood.
0: And I'm, and I'm, the other part that I'm curious of that too is, you know, because the first time that she had some interaction with the dark and the light, where she fell into the into the singularity and and created the distributary as not gods, is is this possibly like a second chance to her to fall into another? realm of existence to go okay well being not gods didn't work we still kind of are getting overrun in the soul system maybe i do need to become a god maybe i need to be that level of of awesomeness to be able to to defend this soul system with whatever power i can lend it and and would she have done something like that would she have, would she have thought of herself as a god you know when she comes across Tolan I I am Mara Sov mother was my starlight was my mother and darkness was my father like you know she's de- commanding herself into this reality like it I, I i i i don't know i don't know
1: i am i think you're on the right track for what she wanted I think that's a, I think that's okay. precisely what her original plan was was to ascend to godhood in this manner, and then she would be powerful enough to be the defender of the soul system, to to be the god of the soul system and yeah. keep it safe from another collapse. Um, over
0: over this this traveler ball thing that she because she doesn't like the traveler
1: no she does not she wants independence
0: from it she. Right. She, she, from, from the beginning, like even, even back on the accident screen, when she, when the, the call went out, you know, do we turn back or do we go forward? And she's the one person that said, well, we turn back. She didn't turn back because she wanted anything part of the traveler. She wanted to save the rest of humanity and separate that from the traveler. Like that's, that's so like, even, even to this point in the history of the Awoken, that's such a powerful thing. And I, that's that's still the motivation that drives her, I think, is mm-hmm. to be the savior of the soul system, to be the god of the soul system that has nothing to do with paracausal ability. She wants to be the the non paracausal answer to the paracausal question of the soul system, of the of the entire universe. Yeah. Like light and dark, who gives a shit? I'm better than both of you.
1: Yeah, she she wants to be the god of the shade of gray between yeah. light and dark. Yeah.
0: I like that. I like that. Okay. We can continue now. I, th- I thought that would be a fun question. No, that to is. Kind of That's a good one mill over here. Um,
1: and actually I'm, I, I want to add an additional point there before we move on to the, the last reverie Dawn armor piece here. Um, I think this is the first time Mara has been wrong or, or that things have not gone oh, to, according shit. to her plan.
0: Uh, oh, shit, I've never thought of that till now. I think
1: this this is the moment where Mara becomes fallible. Yeah. Uh, because I think I think her godhood was probably, like, was all leading up. Her belief in I will be a god was all leading up to this moment, and it didn't happen because of something she hadn't foreseen. She hadn't foreseen Oryx discovering Elysinia and desecrating it. And it doesn't happen, but I would be very interested to see what an interaction between Mara and Riven would look like at this
0: point. Oh my God. Because could you imagine that? I think
1: there would be a want now
0: or even, or even like Mara and sheer or Mara and Callie or, or any of them, right? Like Mara coming up, not sheer, uh, fuck i did it again didn't i uh <laughs> shiro chi i did i did it during our Shiraido idol stuff too i <laughs> suck uh but yeah it's like ask her like hey why did you open that portal like i i get that you you wanted me to exist to, to continue but for the love of god why didn't you follow my orders why did you lead this to the, to the to the to the state that the dreaming city's in and then to be able to like talk to riven like obviously we Spoiler alert, we kill Riven. Uh, Yeah, like for her to be able to talk to Riven again, or even talk to Riven in that taken state, like, is there any will of Riven left? Is there anything of Riven that could be salvaged? Like, yeah, that's, man. I
1: mean, we we know Riven still responds to the wish wall.
0: Oh, shit. Because we input wishes. Right
2: so shit uh, because even
0: a dead ahamkara is not oh shit
1: now there's no indication um
0: except for that one taken egg that was except for her her room except
1: for that one taken egg so uh
0: which we still have no goddamn answer on we won't i want we won't until
1: like the last minute of the last expansion uh fucking (laughs) fucking mara and her shit but I, I think this might be the moment where Mara goes from Mara, the all knowing soon to be God to Mara, the fallible, but powerful mortal.
0: I think you're right. Cause even, even throughout our most recent interactions with her, like throughout the season of the lost, uh, throughout the, uh, um, the, the post, uh, witch queen campaign stuff like it, she, she, she has doubts. She has questions. She mm-hmm. has breakdowns. Like it's it, the, the, the whole plan. I th- I think you're right. I think the ultimate plan was for her to become a God. I think that was, I think that was the, the end all be all plan that she had that like, you know, Eris had bits of and Pal- and Petra had bits of, and maybe some of the Techians had little pieces of and Ultron had nothing of, but that was the goal was for her to become a God. And when that plan fell through, I think you're right. I think this is the 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 fallible Mara now. Like, okay, well, that didn't work. Shit, now what? I still have lots of power. I still have a lot of influence. But what does that mean now that I am not a god? Like, could she possibly become a god eventually?
1: I mean, there doesn't seem to be a reason she couldn't, perhaps through other means. But... I don't think she is for the time being.
0: Well, shit. Okay. But so, okay.
1: With all of that in mind, we're going to finish off the Reverie Dawn lore set, uh, with the class item from Reverie, uh, Reverie Dawn.
2: Uh, and it goes like this. She is home, but it is not the same. Shirochi
1: has been taken. Kali and Sadia too and driven, She used to sit in the shade of those wings, laugh at the riddles that rumbled in that mercurial throat. But this creature is all teeth and broken promises, transformed by the expectations of another scheming, secretive sister. I cannot stay here. These are the first words that pass through this throat. Her throat though it shares none of the molecules that comprise the code of her former body. They scrape and ache as they pass through her lips. Again, if only to remind herself that she is
2: alive. I cannot stay here. And that's the end of that lore card.
0: The only part of this entire lore card that makes me question everything is... That one single sentence. This creature is all teeth and broken promises. Transformed by the expectations of another scheming secretive sister. Now we know that Oryx, Savathun, and Zebra Wrath were sisters. Oryx was... I'm going to screw this up. um, Alrosh? Right? Uh,
2: I think...
1: Yes, I think so.
0: Aurosh, Sathona, and the third one. I think it was just C- uh,
1: Sivu or something like that. i It's been a minute I've looked at the old names.
0: Yeah. Uh, she's She talks about another scheming secretive sister. The only other sh- s- scheming secretive sister that I would instantly think of would be Sabathun. So the question yeah. comes down to... Was Riven transformed? Was she taken by Savathun or was she taken by Oryx and then handed over to Savathun?
1: Um, Hard to say what the exact kind of like process was. What, what I am thinking, because we don't know how much time it took Mara to traverse the Sea of Screams. Um, right. You know, I, presumably from the end of the... F- you know, from the beginning, I guess. Uh, the end of the first, the the Taken War, um, with the the death of Oryx. Um,
0: I'd say the at least the end of the the King's Fall raid. Yeah, the end
1: of the King's Fall raid, all the way until the Forsaken expansion. Like, if we're assuming all this right. is happening in real, you know, quote unquote real time, that's a yeah, that's a number of years.
0: That's two or three years. That's at least no, that'd be at least three years, yeah. Cause the Taken King would have been a whole year. Then we would have had a whole year of cause like towards the back end of, of that that year was when Rise of Iron came mm-hmm. out. And then like the fall no, so maybe that would that would have been So
1: if that's the case, yeah totally viable in my mind that Oryx would have you know desecrated Eleusinia, desecrated the Dreaming City, took Shiro, Kali and Sidia, and Riven and then was killed and Savathûn yep. came in later to pick up the pieces and manipulated the the now taken uh you know the now taken entities to to her own devices um
0: to help power that that battery yeah
1: and i i want to i want to hone in on that same line but for a different reason so um this okay. creature's all teeth and broken promises transformed by the expectations of another scheming secretive sister. I think the, when she says another scheming secretive sister, I think she's drawing parallels between Savathun and herself. I I Uh. think she's, she's saying that she Mara is a scheming secretive sister. Yeah. And she is now seeing, that turned against her in the form of like a kind of a dark mirror. That is Savathun.
0: Yeah. Oh, I like that.
1: Which also could explain why she hates her so damn much. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, no, absolutely. Other other than the whole curse thing.
0: Well, I mean, obviously the curse thing, but like she's seen how being a secretive scheming sister plays out and she's like, this shit sucks. I, 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 my whole people died. Like, that this this was no way to live. And so for her to see that being used against her, she's like, "Yeah, no, screw that, bitch." Like that's, yeah, <laughs> that's what. Man, I didn't even think of it like that. To, for her to see that as like a dark. Oh man, I like that. I like that a lot. I like that idea of her seeing that as a dark mirror. Yeah. So. I do like that a lot.
1: <sighs> um, she sees what is left of her throne. She sees what is left of her home and her friends and the family, I guess.
0: Uh, yeah. Her people, everything.
1: And decides, you know, I, I can't be here. Uh, I need to, I need to leave. I need to go somewhere. And presumably at this point goes into hiding.
0: Cause then the next time that, okay. So again, meta meta gaming all this. The next time that we see Mara after that cutscene in D one is in her little I don't know, her, her throne on a cliff. Yeah, throne room, uh,
1: I guess. I don't know
0: if it's sure. a... sure. I don't think it's a full on world. No, I
1: don't think it's like a pocket dimension per se. But we also don't really know how the Oracle engine works to transport us there. So, right, hard to say.
0: It could be in a. It could be in its own pocket universe. It could be its own pocket space. I I think that it is. I think it's honestly just like the the. Well, I guess it could go either way. Because like when you go there, the cliff edges just go on for eternity. Like it's just a cliff that just goes. There is no end to it. So I guess it could be a throne world, but just an insanely simplistic throne world. Right? Like not the not the grandeur of Eleusinia, not the not the you know most elaborate thing, just like the most basic, simplest thing there. You know, the a little a little thing that you can look at, at images of stuff and a and a throne. Like that's it. Like nothing nothing complex here at all.
1: Yeah, the one thing that makes me think this is not a throne world and is an is is maybe a, a different dimension or is just a different location within our world is that every other throne world we've been to, shattered throne, oryx's uh throne world, um and I say the uh the different ascendant challenges, which are kind of pockets within the ascendant plane. You can always see the sea of screams outside oh, of that Oh, that's world.
0: right. Even throughout the whole season I... of the Lost when we were doing those.
1: Yeah, season of the and, Lost. And it... It's
0: always that like it's always that so... like black and white area too. It's not there's no color to it whereas like this right. place clearly has color. There is there I th- I think you're right. I th- I think it's a physical space. I don't think it's a throne world. I think it's a physical space somewhere. Too. Where that somewhere is, I have no idea. But I think it is a physical space because it it, like when you're looking out, out from her throne world, like you're just seeing this sea of stars, galaxies and and nebulas. And so, I mean, it, it could it could very well be. Well, okay, so here's a thought. How far is the reach of the nine? Because when she's in one of the... (laughs) Now again, (laughs) this is something that happened in-game a long time ago, and unfortunately this is no longer experienceable in-game, but you can definitely go look up some of the old videos of this. Uh, The three-week rotation of of, uh, Back when Forsaken came out you could go do the blind well and get a an offering to the oracle and then you could go to this physical place you can still go to the physical place but there was a three-week rotation that every three weeks mara would be there and she would have some sort of message or there would be something there for you and one of the times you go there she when you enter she's already taught she's having a conversation with the emissary of the nine and then like dismisses the nine like she's nothing dismisses the emissary like she's just a, a nothing and like turns to you and and she's kind of pissed through through that one I think like I remember one of the one of the interactions she's just straight up pissed at you um but yeah so depending on how far the the reach of the 9 is i would assume it would have to be somewhere in this solar system
1: That's a good point. I don't think the 9 can operate outside yeah, of Yeah, so I the solar don't think system. it's anywhere
0: past the heliopause. So it's It's got to be a known space somewhere in the solar system. But I can't think of anywhere in the solar system where you could sit on the edge of a cliff that would stare out into nebulas and stars and they'd be the brightest, most beautiful colored things that you could see. Like, There's nowhere that I can think of that would be that close to that. But I mean, th- since the Oracle engine... I don't know. I don't know. We're trying to explain. We're trying to explain things without yeah. just saying, because fucking video game, because that's just a boring answer. Right? Oh, I've got it. For some vex reason, fucking Toland created this place. <laughs> there we go. I used them both in the same instance. There we go. There We've solved <sighs> it. Anything works oh my God. You Like you put them you both can, together. You, Like Anything You want to works. talk about figuring out how paracausal stuff works for some vex rec- reason fucking Toland. Like that's it. Full sentence, full stop. Yep. So yeah. So anyway,
1: so um we are going to do one last war okay. card tonight. Uh that is um not going to be a continuation on what Mara is doing because uh, at this point in the um kind of chronological steps, Mara has Re-entered. She has just recreated herself, re-entered the Dreaming City, and has now gone into hiding. And we do not see her again until later down the road. Um, but while she was traversing the Sea of Screams, life still went on outside of that. I, uh, and so the lore card that we're going to end on tonight is the lore card of a. Infamous weapon for yeah. different reasons, uh that being the telesto exotic
0: uh, fusion damn, rifle. Telesto. That, um, you know what when they threw it in <laughs> banshee's hands, it literally crashed the tower okay that's I just yep. want to put that out there yes, they put tel- like if you go to banshee now, he's holding telesto before this was it before this season or was it last season? No, I with think it was season? with this okay, season. Okay, well, it's going to be with this season then. They started Whatever that, yeah. it was, you, the tower crashed. You couldn't get into the tower. It would just black screen you out. You couldn't it it kick you all the way out to orbit. That's how powerful Telesto is. I'm I'm afraid to put it in this lore entry. I'm afraid to put it in this podcast. I can't believe I've said Telesto <laughs> as many times as I've said it. It's got to be it's got to be like uh Well, it's got to be like uh like Beetlejuice, right? Like if you say Telesto three times in a row, yep. then it's going to happen, right?
1: Yeah, well, don't tempt fate. If it
0: breaks the podcast, <laughs> we know we've done something wrong.
1: Yeah. If We've already been delayed a day. If this ends up coming out on Thursday, you'll know why <laughs> now. Fuck
0: it, Fuck it Telesto. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I love it. Okay, continue.
1: So, uh, we look at the Telesto... Uh, exotic fusion rifle the flavor text on it says vestiges of the queen's harbingers yet linger among saturn's moons which is in this instance purely just flavor text uh it's kind of cool to think that the harbingers from the original assault on oryx's ship are still like kind of you know pieces of them are kind of floating around the the dreadnought the now dead husk of the dreadnought and the rings of saturn
0: It's that that belief, right? Like that hope. Right.
1: Yeah. I believe it. Therefore, it is. Um, The important bit is the actual lore card here. Uh, And I'm going to read it how it's stated. And then we're going to go over something that you may not know about it. Um, So the lore card is a transmission. It is from Paladin Kamala. Uh two the acting regent Petravenge. Um and the message of it is contingency reserves overdrawn. We underestimated nobility troth reparations. Aldrin suggests that we open reintegration talks. Have you discussed endowment support? If Reef endorses support, Paladin Oren will engineer reinforcement. Message ends. The key phrase here say. is yeah. Paladin Orin.
0: All right. Well, now I've got to okay, hang on. Uh I got you keep explain that. <laughs> I'm going to go look this up real quick to see if I can come up with the same message that you're about to tell everyone.
1: Okay. So, um Paladin Orin in transmissions between uh, Awoken, specifically the Paladins. Um, in this case, it's Paladin Kamala, which was referenced uh, in one of the previous lore cards tonight, being set to Petra. The mention of Paladin Orin. Paladin Orin is not a actual person in this case. Paladin Orin is a key phrase to tell whoever the receiver of this message is that this is a. Uh, coded message that this jumble of words is not the actual message being given here, that there, there's something to decode that gives you what the true uh, missive is. Um, so in this case, uh, and I think in all the cases of a Paladin or in code, it is that you take the first letter of every word and you string them together to give you what the actual okay, and message I've done is. That and
0: I'm not sure I have the right message. What, what did you come up
1: with? <laughs> so the message that I, that is decoded from Telesto reads crow untrustworthy desires power.
0: Holy shit. Untrustworthy. Okay, yep. D E S. So I R E. Yes. Does Desired. that match up P-O-R- with what you, uh, yeah. what you have? P O W E R. Holy shit.
2: Yeah.
1: So uh, crow in this instance does not mean our crow. Crow is a code word for Aldrin. It's
0: so. It's so fucked up I, that like so I'm, I'm, that is his guardian's name <laughs> I now. Know. Like that's. It's so. It's it's fitting, but it's also fucked up. Like it's, it yeah. Poor guy just can't catch a break.
1: So I'm, I'm using this lore card as oh. as more of a teaser slash cliffhanger for you all. Uh, so this tells us that the Awoken become aware that Aldrin is still out there, and they see him as untrustworthy. He desires power for reasons. That we will discuss bum, bum, next bum, bum,
0: bum, bum, bum. Holy cow! I didn't even i I read the <laughs> Paladin Orin part. Like when you when when you posted this and like what we were gonna cover, and I was like, what the? F- why does this even matter? And then you when you said Paladin Orin just now, that's when I was like, oh shit! It's a message. It's a code. Okay. Yep. It's on Enceladus. <laughs> which it might still be. We don't fucking know. We don't know what's on Enceladus. We anyway. Uh well, that's our uh, that's our episode tonight. Um do we have any shout-outs or anything?
1: So no specific shout-outs tonight. Um and say although I do I do want to uh they weren't directed at us, but I do want to just I uh, say a, a brief bit of thanks to some total Twitter followers. We have uh, Nico Angelino and um, Brian on Twitter that uh, suggested us to some, some others as a a place that they may find some, some entertainment and some information. So thank you very much for uh, thinking highly enough of us to, to want to spread our information out, out to others. Yeah. That's, that's always awesome. Um, and then we just had a bunch of followers over essentially yesterday. Neat. I don't, don't know what Welcome. brought you here, but we're happy to have you. Yeah. Uh, and hope you'd, you know, in, enjoy what, what you're hearing. So, uh, no specific shout outs other than that, but, uh, you know, just thanks again to everyone that continues to, to tune in and listen to, to yeah. two crazies here. Thank you
0: guys, gals and other self-identifiable anthropods.
1: Uh I did want to point out just as as point of course, um we hit 30k.
0: We did a thing. <laughs> 30,000 listens over the course of what 8 months? 7 7 months. This is the start of the 8th month. 7 months, yep. 30,000 listens. Yep. Holy shit, guys. Well, thank you. Thank all of you. Uh because again, without without all of you, we wouldn't have any listens. We wouldn't I mean we'd have like five. Just be our clanmates. But now we're on a <laughs> we're on a bigger scale. Our scale is growing. All right. Alright. Well, uh any other any other cool shout outs or anything?
1: Say um I'll just do the the somewhat normal spiel here. Um and say if you uh you know enjoy what we're doing. And you want to keep up to date with when new episodes are coming out or just want to drop a a comment or a question or whatever it may be. Uh, we're open to pretty much any and all respectful conversation. Uh, you can reach us at myths and stories, uh, the Z instead of an S at the beginning of stories, uh, on Twitter. I, I haven't asked this before, but I'm going to now because why the heck not? Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard, leave a review on your platform of choice if uh, they happen to let you do that. Spotify. Yeah. Um the, yeah. the one that can't. But uh yeah you know, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Audible or wherever it may be and you feel so inclined, be really awesome if uh you could, could leave leave a review, leave your thoughts there. Uh, or if you know someone that might also enjoy what we're doing. Then uh, send a Marway, be it Twitter or or what have you. I uh, just you yeah know, phone a friend. But uh but yeah,
2: other than that, alrighty, I, that's it.
0: Uh, well, I guess I I still have one thank you. I I still have a thank you to give out. Uh, let's see here. Um, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna do it. Uh, thanks, Celesto.
1: Well, we'll all see if that works or not in about about 24 to 48 hours
0: hours, we all of a sudden have thirty (laughs) thousand listens again which we double our listeners (laughs) overnight i'm just gonna quit i'm just gonna walk away (laughs) all right well uh i guess on that note then uh from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there we'll see you next week